With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Lindsay. I'm doing okay. How are you? Good, good. So when you called earlier, did just nothing happen or did you get an error message or anything like that? No, when I called earlier, it said it was not recognizing the ID or someone else was using it. And then um, it asked me if I was a member and I said no, and that's when it connected me. Huh, interesting. Okay, I'll make a a note to look it up after. I'm not sure why it was doing that, but my apologies. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, let me let me just explain to you really quick how this normally goes. Um, there's a few things I'm not going to cover just because we're not sure, um, kind of what's going to happen in the future. So, what I normally do as I put in the email is we go over um basically any assignments that I gave you in between when we last talked and now. And you give me kind of an update about where you're going. And then I have notes for you um, that I drafted based off of just some of my observations in the interim. 
And also okay. based off some of the information that you've given in the survey that I sent you. So okay. what I've done is, is I've given you kind of a series of um, actionable items you can take. And then I've okay. just left the next call time as kind of to be determined. So you can okay. you know, figure out what you're going to be able to do going forward. Okay. So as soon as the call's done, um, I'll add in a little link to the recording that we're doing now. Okay. And I'll send you the notes. And then that way, when you're going through the notes and the homework, if you need clarification, you can always listen to the call again. Or you okay. can shoot me a quick email, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good? Okay. So yeah. before, we get, before we get started with all that, just give me kind of a quick update with how you're doing. Because I know when you messaged me before, you know, you mentioned that you were having just some struggles with writing and momentum. Yeah, and just figuring out, you know, how to move forward. So why don't you talk me through that a little bit, and where you yeah. are now, to see how we can um, give you some encouragement it, there. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really challenging journey for me because, yeah. again, with my not-for-profit organization, it is a startup. Um, mm -hmm. We're new in Maryland, but God has favored us a lot and that we got, out, you know, awarded $40,000 for a first grant. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to um, keep my full-time job and do my not-for-profit at the same time because it was so much. And when somebody gives you $40,000 because they believe in what you're doing, you can't mm -hmm. just do it halfway. Right. Um, so I've been doing that and trying to recruit volunteers. In addition to that, because this is so new, um, I'm still living with my mom. And, mm -hmm. well, I moved back with my mom. And that mm -hmm. has been a real challenge for me because it's like I left 15 years ago specifically mm -hmm. because I wanted, you know, I was just tired of stuff that was going on in my life and at the house and I needed to get away literally to save my life. And I come mm -hmm. back and it's as if everything, you know, I push on pause and everything is just exactly as I left it. Mm -hmm. um, and so the real challenge for me in the writing process was really the things that were going on in my house my uncle from Haiti comes to visit like every six months and he would stay for six months. Mm -hmm. um, and so since the first time he came, I started to like, there are certain things about him that was being revealed to my spirit. Mm -hmm. That was not, I was not very comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, while he has been here, there are a lot of other things that were going on in the house that made me feel very unsafe and very uncomfortable. And as mm -hmm. I silently prayed and asked God to expose him to me, I actually had a dream. And God often speaks to me sometimes through my dreams. And in mm -hmm. the dream, I was interrogating my uncle, and I asked him, what did you do? What did you do to me? Because mm -hmm. the first time he came to visit, I was kind of telling him things that I remembered vividly from Haiti. And he said to me, so if I did something to you, you would have remembered. And I mm -hmm. couldn't understand why he would have said that to me. So anyway, when I had the dream just a couple weeks ago, um, in the dream, he said I was interrogating him and asked him, what did he do? And then he was really angry, and he said, you know, I placed a curse on you when you were a little girl, and I gave you, like, a lesbian curse. 
um, and mm-hmm. also a curse that no man would ever want to marry you. And then I mm-hmm. automatically woke up. And then it's crazy because I was molested by a girl when I was four and then struggled with my sexuality in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever random reason, just even in relationships that I've been in, couldn't figure out really why they why they wouldn't work out. It's just mm-hmm. very randomly just didn't work out. And I've been in two relationships. So, you know, I woke up from that dream wondering, like, what in the world does it all mean? And just in, in mm-hmm. conversing with him and other things that were going on in the house, you know, the mm-hmm. dream is true. Um mm-hmm. But obviously, I prayed about it and called my prayer warriors who helped me to pray about it and rebuke, you know, what it was um, in the dream and just other pieces of stuff in in the family I started to put together about Mm -hmm. my life and generational cycles of sin and in stuff that people were involved in. And I Mm -hmm. felt stuck living in the house that I'm living in with my mom. I felt stuck because, you know, like even though I'm not a part of what they're doing, I felt like I'm still here in the house. I don't know any place else to go because I'm at the point where I'm not financially able to pay rent to someone else. And mm-hmm. so I just put the message out there to a group of professional women, um, a business group, and I asked them if they know anyone who's willing to take in one person temporarily until I can figure out what I'm doing for the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I needed a place to go, so trying to find a place to live and um, move out. Um, and, you know, and then my brother who came out of jail, who was in jail for or in prison for seven years, he's back in the house, and a lot of stuff that, you know, going on with him and my family was just a lot of stress on me, and I couldn't write. I couldn't really focus and get things done that I needed to get done um, mm-hmm. because it weighed on me a lot emotionally. So finally, just really through prayer and just calling my prayer warriors up and and really asking them to pray on my behalf, I just slowly started to get stuff done to move forward again. Um, And then even with the writing, I still feel stuck. I feel like, God, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do with this book. I don't know what to do with this project. And one of the mm-hmm. other things my uncle kept asking me, like, what's in the book? Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to know what's in the book. And I just felt like mentally I was not able to move forward. I felt like, and was really discouraged about it. Like, God, who's going to read this lame book? Like, mm-hmm. this story of all of the struggles that I went through, people probably won't be able to relate to it or understand it. What's the point of writing it? I, you know, I struggled with that. And then thinking about I don't even have – you know, followers. I don't even have people following me. I don't even, like, what's the point of it? You know, I felt Mm -hmm. like there's no point in getting this message out there and felt very discouraged about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Okay. Well, I had kind of, you know, I've read some of the blog posts and stuff that you had written in the interim. And so there was one in particular that you wrote that was pressed on that kind of gave me the feeling that you were, struggling a little bit with all that. And first, I just want to to let you know that I understand how hard this, this can be, especially with this topic, right? Because yeah. I come, I come from a, a similar background and that I have a lot of family members who 
Um, some are still in denial, you know, that any sort of abuse happened. Uh, some remember events differently. Um, some are not really interested in sharing any of those details outside of the family and feel like it's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, some are finding freedom, you know, and so the challenge with any story that any of us has, no matter what the subject, is that we're not the only people involved in that story. And so it yeah. can definitely require just just walking a, a fine line, a fine balance between um, sharing the truth of the gospel through our story, you know, the, the right. transition from dark to light but also doing it in a way that's as honoring as possible to how God would want you to share it. And so I have found often, um, especially now, not all of my authors um, deal with this particular topic, but there's a lot of difficult subjects they write on and almost every single one of them um, experiences extreme spiritual warfare as they're working on their book or as they're marking marking it or as they're releasing it or, or they're trying to reach more people. And so first, I want you to not feel alone Um, because of where I'm sitting and how many authors I've worked with. I see this happen all the time. And so my encouragement to you is just to remember, you know, Satan does not want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want you to move forward. And so generally, he's going to use any means he can to sway you from the path that you're supposed to be going on. Or to, you know, trigger moments from your childhood that bring you fear, you know, to make you doubt, to make you feel discouraged, to make you feel like it's not worth it. And so part of the the battle plan that you have to instate that has nothing to do with you or I going forward is just for you emotionally and spiritually is being able to recognize when those attacks are coming so that, like you said, you reach out to your prayer warriors and all that sort of thing, but just recognizing um, that most of the time when this stuff happens to us, there could be an element of healing that needs to happen in your life, especially if you're being made aware now of things yeah. that happened that you weren't aware of before. So that's, I'm not saying that's Satan. That that just happens with abuse. Like yeah. there's all these layers, right? We don't always remember or we don't remember clearly or we've blocked out a lot of stuff, right? Right. And so, there's the one side that, you know, being in the household and just kind of being around family members and stuff like that, it's probably bringing up in you kind of the old feelings you had, you know, being in that environment. But it's also, you know, maybe God's kind of bringing to light other areas that you need healing in, you know. So that's not necessarily, yeah. um, it's not the most fun, joyous thing in the world, but you and I both know that on the other side of walking through that pain and sitting in that pain and seeking God in it is healing. So, yeah. That's one thing that you're dealing with. The second is kind of the spirit of oppression that seems to be around you right now. Um, Yeah. And in my own life, the only thing that I've ever known to do is just to pull back um, and really seek God for Mm -hmm. a season. So um, I think, and and I'll go ahead, I'll tell you all the things that I think you can do in the ministry. But I will also tell you, I will also tell you that you might just need a season because here's the thing. I'm not one to tell you to spend a bunch of money. Like I know that I can help you from a strategy perspective and a marketing perspective and reaching an audience, but none of that's going to do any good if if your heart and your spirit um, 
are being kind of pulled away from being able to focus on all of that, right? Yeah. So so you might just need a little bit of a season of very specific prayer um, to really have God reveal to you what he wants you to do with the ministry and the, and the book and all that kind of thing. Because when we first talked, um, you were very, very excited about it, and, and you were very sure when we first talked. Yeah. And, and then all this stuff happened. And so my inclination is, is to go, okay, and I'm not, I'm not prescribing an answer to you, but, but you need to be able to sit and evaluate is the change in the way you feel and the way you think you should be going or the insurity, is that kind of the attack part or is it because you think yeah. God's telling you to, to wait? And I can't answer that for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can just, I can encourage you and tell you, again, other authors experience this. I see it all the time. But ultimately, you're the one that has to kind of sit and go, okay, how do I need to move forward with this? You yeah. know, which I, which I know you're doing. So I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to prescribe anything to you. I just. Yeah. It's gonna, I think it, some... it has a lot to mm-hmm. do with just even my family, just the environment that I'm in right now is not necessarily very productive to things that mm-hmm. I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. just, I don't, you know, I, I don't, like, I know that I need to move forward with the book. I have no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. It's just, God, I need your Holy Spirit to really help me to rise above these, you know, feelings of discouragement mm-hmm. in writing it or just depression or feeling like I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even if I pull up the manuscript to start writing, I'm just like, all of a sudden I get this cloud of discouragement. Like I don't want to move on with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I feel emotionally, but my spirit is ready to move forward. I think it's just, again, processing all of the current stuff that that's happening, um, mm-hmm. you know, right before me with my family. And I think if I could, you know, if I was at a place where I didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. I think it would be easier for me to focus on mm-hmm. what my mission is. But it's mm-hmm. just been a lot of emotional um, distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, with my family and just having to process all of that. Like, I have not spoken to my mom. You know, and it's just, it's stuff that's so real that it's like, I mean, Lindsay, to be blunt with you, if I put it out there, people are like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's just the stuff, like the spiritual warfare that I've been fighting is so mm-hmm. real. And I've I've been fighting fighting it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And more and more, it's becoming clear to me. Like, for example, in my room, um, you know, while my uncle was here, my room is one of the cleanest rooms in the house and have the mm-hmm. less things. But yet I had a lot of mouse in my room and I couldn't figure out why. Like, where are mm-hmm. they coming from? It's mm-hmm. not like we have junk and stuff like that. And that bothered me. And so I really made it a matter of prayer and I kept um, being really loud about it with my family in terms of why are they, I'm not understanding. They're not in anybody else's room, but they're mm-hmm. in my room. And I specifically mm-hmm. addressed it to my uncle and like, where is this coming from? 
because this Mm -hmm. is not making any sense to me. And he'd say Mm -hmm. things to me like, well, when I go back to Haiti, do you want me to take them with me? And I couldn't figure, like, why would you say that? And to most Mm -hmm. people, they're like, Daphne, you're paranoid. It's really not that deep. They just happen to be in your house. But I know in my spirit that it's not, it's not normal. It's not, it, it's just something wasn't right, and I couldn't really mm-hmm. articulate it. So then finally, when I had that dream, when I had that dream, I woke up, and I told it to my mom one one time, taking her to work in the morning. And since that day, I never saw them in my room again. I never mm-hmm. heard them in my room. Not only that, my uncle had a plant that he came from Haiti with um, in the house. And he said, it's a plant that's supposed to grow inside. It's not supposed to be exposed to sunlight. And I couldn't understand that. Like, okay, well, whatever. I'm, you know, I've heard of plants. I've Googled it and I've seen plants, you know, that grow inside that doesn't necessarily need sunlight. But something really bothered me about that. And even just the other day, it was like 12 o'clock, I'm doing my hair. And they literally sounded like people fighting downstairs. It sounded like they were going to come upstairs, and I'm like, God, Jesus, is this me? Am I crazy? Why does it sound like we have people downstairs fighting when in reality, you know, there's no one in the house besides me and my mom? Mm -hmm. So then my Mm -hmm. sister came in the house, and she heard the same noise. And then the next day, when the trash came, we threw away the plant. We haven't heard anything since the plant Mm -hmm. is gone. Mm -hmm. And it may sound weird like, what in the world? And then the just this past Saturday night, we happened to watch, we were watching the Cinderella movie, and we saw how when the mices turned into uh, humans or a chariot and stuff like that, and automatically in my spirit, I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, did he do something? Did he come from Haiti? Because I even contacted um, these Terminators, and they told us specifically how to get rid of them what mm-hmm. to feed them. And I told mm-hmm. my uncle, and he put two traps in my room without any food in them. And I said, well, mm-hmm. why would you put the traps in my room and there's no food in them? And he didn't mm-hmm. respond. And so instead mm-hmm. of putting the traps um, with the specific food that they told us to, he put other things on there. And I'm like, are you really feeding mice or are you feeding humans? Like, or spirits that take form of mice. So mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, it's just, it's like, God, I don't know how to process all of this because people would think mm-hmm. I'm crazy, but I know mm-hmm. it makes sense. I know that it's real, Lindsay, that mm-hmm. it is real. It is spiritual warfare. It is spirits and demons that I'm fighting with. And it's like, God, this is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. do I, you know, I don't want to be a part of it. How do I remove myself from it? And it, mm-hmm. it, it drains me. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, you said that you had reached out to a local network of businesswomen in terms of businesswomen. Yeah. Okay. How, how, what's, what's happened with that? I haven't heard anything yet. They did share, share it amongst their group. They said they would keep it in their prayers. I do have one woman who said she sent an email out to two couples and she's waiting to hear back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really made it a matter of prayer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear back. Um, mm-hmm. 
But even yesterday, my brother and I and my sisters, we had a, my sister, we had a conversation with my mom and we told her, listen, we don't know what you're involved with, but this is not how we grew up. My father taught us to be, you know, young men and women of prayer. So if you Mm -hmm. want to go a different direction, that's fine, but Mm -hmm. we're not in agreement with it. Um, So again, all of this emotional stuff, I think, you know, then trying to keep the business, you know, um, actively working and trying to raise funds, you know, for to complete the rest of the year. So it's a lot that Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And then I think, again, it's really just the emotions of everything that's happening around me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, it sounds like just from listening to what's going on, you know, you're, you're probably your first order of business is to try to figure out a way to kind of remove yourself, you know, from yeah. the living situation. Um, and of course, that comes with cost and expense and all that kind of stuff. So I'll definitely yeah. be praying over your ability to figure out kind of how you can move on from that aspect. Um, yeah. It, in the notes that I, that I, have kind of set up for you um the the first topic that i have on here actually has to do with kind of work life and ministry balance okay Mm -hmm. And, and so normally um when we're kind of starting a project like this um one of the the items that i cover has to do with recognizing um spiritual emotional and um physical or tangible, you know, obstacles in your mm-hmm. life, right? And, mm-hmm. and then the second part is recognizing whether those obstacles are real or perceived, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have all this in the notes. I'm not going to kind of go over it all ad nauseum, but really just as you're, it, as these things happen to you, um, as you're placed in these circumstances, You know, you need to be able to kind of categorize, you know, is this a spiritual attack? Is this an emotional response, right, which is very real given the the past? Um, Is it a physical or tangible obstacle? And so, for example, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks, the only way to combat that is prayer, which which you know. You know, emotional response, um, that is something that you always have to filter through the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Mm -hmm. Rightly so, there's emotions coming up in you and there's feelings coming up in you because you're kind of being placed back into a situation. Um, you're kind of being, not, not being placed back in bondage per se, but you're, right. you're free, but you're kind of being placed back into the cell. Does that make sense? So right. a lot of that emotion is going to come up again. And so you have to really be able to discern, you know, I, really like am I remembering who I am in Christ in this moment you know or am mm-hmm. I letting this mm-hmm. emotional bondage take me back to someone I'm not right right um which I know can be exhausting trust me um physical or tangible obstacles are kind of what you're experiencing circumstantially with you know you have a limited amount of money you know you're living with your mom and it, it doesn't seem like right now there's a path for you to go that removes you from there and so mm-hmm. when I say real or perceived, is sometimes I'm not, I don't think this is your case, but sometimes it can be yeah. a mindset. It can be a mindset. Do you know what I mean? It it could be, yeah. you know, I have no income to be able to afford X, Y, or Z. And mm-hmm. but really, it's more. Um, 
how you use your money, like how you how you budget, or, yeah, or what the long term goal is, right? Um, yeah, spiritual. You know, I, you know, some people might say, well, I'm. This isn't a spiritual attack. It's just, you know, bad luck <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And so, but in, but again, in my mind, the real spiritual attacks are very real. You know, yeah. and so just being able to recognize them and have a path forward through scripture. And, and it's almost like it's giving you a little bit of control back. Not that you have control over the outcome, but you do have right. control over how you're going to respond to any of these. Okay. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Daphne? Hello? Lindsay? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can hear you. Okay. That was weird. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry about that. Um, So just, you know, being able to kind of identify and take back a little bit of control, again, not in the outcome because that's God's thing, but in how you respond to these things so that you Mm -hmm. can be focused, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other items that we usually talk about have to do with as we're working through looking at the ministry you have, um, you know, I obviously make recommendations and and kind of teach you the strategy behind it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes... Sometimes that presents a little bit of um, hesitation. Yeah. And, and so what I talk about has to do with the same kind of topic. Is your hesitation a real or a perceived response, right? Yeah. So if, is there something that you're hanging on in regards to the ministry or the book or the project or the website? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it something that you need to let go of in order to be able to move forward in freedom? Um, basically just aligning every decision that we would make during the course of our time together with what God yeah. is telling you he wants you to do, right? Mm-hmm. So every decision you make as it relates to the ministry has to tie into what God's telling you to do. And right. I specifically talk about, you know, how you live your daily life, how you work your business, what you write about, you know, how you respond to things that are going on around you. So you, right. in this particular moment, happen to be in the middle of, <laughs> you know, you, you know that God wants you to go somewhere, but you have a lot of obstacles that are kind of tying you, you know, right now. Right. So just really figuring out, <clears throat> you know, what kind of spiritual or personal disciplines need to be put in place to allow you to move forward as God permits um, okay. with, without walking in defeat or old habits okay. or discouragement, okay? So just really just reiterating everything we've talked about, you know, the, the key to all of this is recognizing spiritual warfare and combating it with prayer and then right. focusing, on, focusing on the next step you can make, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So having, having said all that, um, I listed out – um, some recommendations for okay. just the the website in general in terms of how you communicate with people that come across, okay. you know, the website and the social media channels and some information on social media strategy. Now, these are things, and, and a little bit of time management, just how, and not okay. time management, 
like from you, but from the social media aspect of okay. it. Like how do you how do you find time, and what what can you write about, and what content can you share, and all that sort of stuff. Right. And so, in my mind, while you're working through trying to figure out, you know, how you can move move out and establish kind of a budget and things like that, these are steps that you can take, you know, with, with really little or no money. It just requires effort on your part yeah. to, to be able to set aside some time to kind of really um, focus on how yeah. you want to build that ministry up, right? So um, the first topic on there has to do with just the web and email content, and okay. right now, right now, um, normally I would start more with visual branding, so like the website, okay. the, the tagline, kind of the look and feel, you know, what message comes across to your visitor when they're there, you know, just really yeah. defining like your core mission and value statements and all that kind of stuff, and making the site visually appealing and, and looking as professional as it can, and then making sure... Um, like the navigation is right. Like what path okay. are you taking your your reader on? Um, but that's not something. I mean that that's something that takes a couple of sessions. So okay. I, I'm just I'm just telling you that's something that will need to happen down the road. But okay. for right, but for right now, you could easily work on the content that you're putting out on your website via your emails okay. and through your social media channels, without changing that stuff right now. You can do that. Okay. Okay. So like right now in this kind of time of almost like downtime, right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you can focus on laying a foundation um, and really kind of seeking prayer as to what God is wanting you to do with this platform, with this ministry, and eventually with the book. And to be honest, um, when you get to the point where you can work on the visual branding and it'll make your process easier going forward because you've already started kind of that discipline, you know, that routine. Okay. Right. Okay. So all of this is designed just to help establish a strong website and social media presence for you. Okay. Right. So some of the questions you, you put on the survey I had you fill out had to do with content. You know, what mm-hmm. do you know? Like, what do you post? When do you post it? How do you know what to do? That sort of thing. And so I want to encourage you to, to think of yourself um, in basically two different categories. So the mm-hmm. first one is content curator, and the second is content creator, okay? Mm-hmm. So j- just from the phrase content curator, what would you think that me- means? Um. What would you assume it means? I don't like someone who's leading a conversation or leading a content, a particular topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about a creator? Someone who uh, creates the uh, the topic. So I guess the way I see it is. Um, really the creator is the one I'm creating my own content and I'm in control of what I choose to share um, Mm -hmm. as the creator of the um, content. And then the um, curator I see as someone 
more of an interviewer or mm-hmm. I'm someone who's curious and trying to um, bring out more information from the creator of the content. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So so curating, um, like when you think of an art gallery, there's not just one piece of art there, right? There's not just, mm-hmm. well, well, sometimes there is if it's a show. <laughs> but in general, mm-hmm. an art gallery has many different works of art that have right. strengths, you know, that have beauty, that have their own uniqueness to it. So a content curator is where you are cultivating content from other people, whether it's mm-hmm. a peer in your ministry, ministry world, whether it's someone you've spoken with or someone who's written a book, okay, that that sort of thing. And so okay. when you're when you're trying to figure out like how, what do I share on social media that doesn't make it all about me, <laughs> that yeah, where that's where content curation comes into play. So. If you were curating content, um, you would have kind of a list of topics that were important to you to cover in your overall Mm -hmm. website, social media. And I usually recommend like four categories or so, um, key categories. And then for curation purposes, you know, you would spend some time each week um, just researching helpful articles or resources or tips Mm -hmm. um, that fit into each of those categories. And the way you can use that for social media and your email and your website blog post is you can share those articles. You know, you can, okay. write, you can write a response to an article. You can share a resource. You can send out a weekly roundup email of these are the top five articles I read around the Internet this week that gave hope for people recovering from abuse or whatever the topic may right. be. So there's two reasons for this from a strategy perspective. Number one, um, it means that you're not constantly having to create new content yourself all the time Mm -hmm. for social media. And number two, it's helping you develop relationships with people that are kind of in your similar ministry focus, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you share their articles or resources or tips, you're linking back to the website, you're introducing your readers to them, and most mm-hmm. people are aware that's happening. You know, like if you were to share right. an article I wrote and said, you know, Lindsay Hartz wrote this, it's fantastic, and I want my readers to know about it, most people will respond to you and say, thank you so much okay. for sharing this. You know, um, is there any other way we could partner kind of thing? So mm-hmm. it, it helps you build relationships, and it helps you, gives you um, kind of a, uh, what's the word, like a fodder, you know, fo- a, a mm-hmm. file of information that you can share with your readers. Okay. okay. Content creation is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. you. It's you writing a blog post or you creating a resource or you writing a book or you filming a video. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, again, totally within your control and it reflects your heart and your purpose and your passion and your teaching behind your ministry. So mm-hmm. when you think about social media in general, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, any of those things, um, most of those platforms are social platforms. And so Mm -hmm. when people sign up for them, they're looking for relationship and engagement. They don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want to be sold to, right? So by curating other people's content, well, first, by being clear about what you're offering, you know, on your Mm -hmm. website, and then curating content that supports that 
um, it shows people that you're not just there just to promote yourself, that you're truly interested in finding them mm-hmm. resources to help them through those topics. So that, right. helps, that helps build reader loyalty and engagement. Um, mm-hmm. The second piece of content creation is that helps establish you as an authority. And, and I don't mean this like an expert in a smarmy kind of way. I just mean mm-hmm. that you have walked through and lived through these situations. And mm-hmm. so anything that you would create would reflect that so that they would learn to see you also as someone mm-hmm. who can really provide them encouragement and spiritual truth and practical ways they can apply like the lessons you've learned to their life so that they right. can also find that same hope and healing. So right. roughly, roughly um, if you're looking for kind of a quantity, it's usually about 80% curating and 20% creating mm-hmm. because when people come across your profiles, you know, they want to see a mix of those resources, but also the stuff that you're creating that can help them. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, in terms of creation, a lot of people think this is just like a new blog post, you know, or a new book or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, And there are a lot of different things you can include um, in the creation piece. So you could do like a ministry update, um, you can share your behind the scenes as the founder of the ministry, what goes on mm-hmm. in your life and your process. Um, you can share why the ministry is important to you, the lessons you're learning as you're pursuing it. Um, the biggest piece is being a vision caster for your readers. And mm-hmm. so you need, to, you need to be able to write from a perspective that's authentic and real about your life, your struggles, and what God's teaching you, but also cast a vision for your readers of where they could be if they continue to read mm-hmm. and if they continue to learn from you and they continue to take the steps you tell them to take, you know, with God's mm-hmm. kind of blessing and divine guidance. Um, you need to be able to help them understand where they could be. What is the end result of all this work? And because it's such a difficult topic, right, mm-hmm. you know, just being very focused on realistically what that journey looks like for people. And it's not always identical, right, from Mm -hmm. person to person. And there's a whole variety of experiences and and just abuse and trauma and relationships that have to be navigated. So Mm -hmm. you need to start viewing yourself as someone that can help them navigate, you know, Mm -hmm. from the dark to the light to see the gospel. So those are the type of items that you need to be creating. It doesn't always Mm -hmm. have to be like your personal experience, your personal stories. It can be what you've learned from it. You see what I mean? Okay. Um, The biggest thing is just sharing from your heart and really treating your readers, whether it's a few at first or whether it's many down the road, viewing them as relationships, not Mm -hmm. transactions, right? Right. And the last part of this is just making sure um, that whatever you're sharing, whether it's curation or creation, is that you're doing so kind of with humble confidence. Mm -hmm. And the notion of humble and confidence together has always appealed to me. One of my authors actually has this in one of his books. And the whole part about humble really refers to our place 
when it comes mm-hmm. to God, right? So everything that we do comes from him. Every step that we take comes from him. Um, he's ordained the path before us and behind us. And so we always have to approach whatever we're doing with that sense of humbleness and, and gratitude mm-hmm. towards him, right? Because God is God mm-hmm. and we're not. Um, the confidence piece also plays into our relationship with God because God mm-hmm. is He's equipping us as he sees fit as we continue to walk in obedience to him. Mm-hmm. So he's the one in control of kind of the outcome or the harvest, so to speak. We're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all we can do is walk in that humble confidence that no matter what we've been through, no matter what obstacles come our way, um, our obedience to taking each next step as God directs, you know, mm-hmm. we can be confident that we're we're doing what he wants us to do, but also that he will use that even if we don't ever see tangible results from it. Okay. Right. So that's important when you're creating content for your ministry because I think a lot of people think, you know, I want a viral blog post or I want, you know, fifty more people to like my page or whatever. They try to put a number on something because that's yeah. just kind of the you know, it's kind of the world we operate in, right? Right. Um, kind of what we're expected to do. But my comment on this is always, yes, we can have goals like that, but we have Mm -hmm. to keep this notion of humble confidence at the core of everything we do and not take it, you know, personally, if something doesn't work out the way we plan, we just kind of adjust and take the next right step. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that all make sense to you? Yes. Okay. Do you have any questions on any of that? No, it makes perfect sense. Um, I think that's very helpful, um, mm-hmm. especially um, in providing content um, in terms of, again, and having a balance of not giving too much, but giving enough that people will want to do more. So eventually, as I start doing webinars, I can give, I can expand on a lot of the content that I put out there. So put mm-hmm. in enough of like practical tips or just like an article out there that would be beneficial to people, but then not putting too much where it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, um, most of the stuff that I'd want to talk about in depth would be stuff that I do workshops on. So mm-hmm. having that balance of, you know, sharing a personal story um, or how I'm internally doing and what I'm working through and how I've worked through certain things and how they can work through it as well. I think mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. And it's also it's also key, like just from an organization standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. really sitting down and going, Lord, what is it that you want me to focus on right now specifically, right? Um, yeah. Because I because I think like early on years ago when I had a blog and a website and I did write about a lot of similar topics. I just kind of wrote whatever was on my mind that day. <laughs> I didn't really have yeah. all that structure. And in what I found helpful in my own kind of recovery journey and restoration process just from abuse and stuff like that was, um, you know, I, I had to learn to identify my biggest struggles with not necessarily people, but with God, right? And mm-hmm. so early on, I, you know, I had an inherent distrust of God as a loving father. That would most likely be a common factor that most abuse victors struggle with. You know, I um, 
I had a lot of shame that I was carrying that wasn't mine, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I did not understand my worth in Christ. I did not understand how God could possibly love me because I was Mm -hmm. damaged, right? Those are... Those are common struggles that a lot of um, abuse victims struggle through. And so maybe you start with four categories like that um, and you write consistently on those categories, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you create your content, your webinars, your training, all that sort of thing. And you're basically taking that struggle and teaching them how to find their way out of it to the gospel, right? Okay. Like something like focusing on how to overcome shame mm-hmm. or how to overcome guilt and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God as the father and talking mm-hmm. about the distrust um, mm-hmm. in seeing God compared to our earthly fathers. Yeah. And so the, reason okay. I, the reason I say categories is because it helps you stay organized, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you have like... And maybe you pick four main themes that were present in your own life or four themes that are, you know, you can probably do research and find surveys that talk about the themes that abuse victims struggle with. You know what I mean? Like you can Mm -hmm. figure it out. Um, And what it does is it gives you the ability to focus on what to write about, right? Mm -hmm. And what research to find and what articles to curate because um, if you curate enough content and you're writing something to address one of those topics each week, that's a blog post once a week or, or an email okay. newsletter once a week or a webinar once a week or a podcast once a week. Whatever you choose to do, mm-hmm. it gives you structure and that helps you with time management and focus, but it also helps your readers know what to come to you for and what to Mm -hmm. expect from you. And so you will naturally draw the people that are in need of answers to those questions that you're answering in those categories. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so marketing, all of that really is almost like a backwards activity. You know, once you have your categories and you're writing content, um, I always recommend trying to do content in advance if possible. So if you have time or, or a place where you can go, you know, for a day or two, I have no idea what your your situation is in that regards, but where mm-hmm. you can create four weeks of content, you know, mm-hmm. on those four categories, all the associated okay. items you would need to share on social media and that sort of thing. Um, if you can get it all done, then you're basically working a month in advance. Right. Okay. Yeah. That and makes so, sense. so each week, you know, you just um, say, you know, God the Father is one of your categories. So mm-hmm. one week you just focus on that one, and the next week you move to the next topic, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So you're always a month ahead. Um, and the reason that's important is because life happens. <laughs> we all know that, but mm-hmm. also because. Um, it allows you to remain consistent, meaning your website's being updated, your social media profiles are being updated, you're sending out emails to the readers you have. And so there's no like long gaps in the posting or anything like that. You're mm-hmm. sending out consistent information. And they'll know what to expect. They know when your information is going to come out. Um, and then any new readers that come across you are going to see that your information is updated. So mm-hmm. like... Like, for example, um, 
when I was looking at the blog posts. Um, hold on, let me go back. And actually, this is kind of true on both of the websites. Like okay. sometimes there were a week to a month gap between when you were posting, right? Mm-hmm. And because there's so much information out there on the internet, like if there's mm-hmm. not consistent material, people just forget to come back, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you want to that you want to give them a reason to come back right. to you over and over. Um, Another item that I added on here had to do with just cultivating um, stories from your readers, if possible. That's another part of content curation is sharing your readers' stories in relationship to the categories that you're talking about. Um, And just finding different ways to use that content, like you said earlier, when you said, well, I could do a training program or I could do a podcast you can definitely take like one blog post and kind of turn it into different types of resources for different places, right? Right. So so just kind of thinking outside of the box of how you can stretch the material to cover a, a, a wide variety of platforms will really mm-hmm. help kind of streamline your time and your social media strategy, okay? Mm-hmm. And the last part of this um, was actually on the survey question where I asked you um, if you had looked at, like, other, um, let's see, hold on. Platforms, I, don't remember how the, I mean, yeah, what websites or? Yeah, let's see, hold on. I don't remember what the exact question says. Oh, have you spent time researching social media presence and strategy of other similar ministries? Um, And so you said, yes, they're engaged with their audience, which is great. Um, But what I'm going to challenge you to do is to actually do it. Go find ministries specifically, like the names of the website, and kind of list pros and cons of what they're doing, what you like and what you don't. Because then you 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 can incorporate what other ministries are doing from a structure perspective into your ministry. Right. That doesn't mean you're copying their content or anything like that, but just incorporating. Maybe they have a, a really cool way they send an email that you think, gosh, I could do something like that. That would really work with my audience. And so I'm a big proponent of market research. And to be honest, I still do it in my business after two and a half years. You know, mm-hmm. I join I join like book launch teams all the time mm-hmm. that I'm not running. I join writers groups that I don't ever even mention my services to. I just hang out in there and answer questions and help because it helps me see and stay up to date on what issues authors are struggling with, right, or what ideas they're using to promote books. So I'm a proponent of kind of keeping yourself in the game, so to speak, as to what other people are doing. Again, not Mm -hmm. to replicate it, but to let it kind of influence or maybe shape, um, you know, future offerings or services that you might be able to provide in a way that's very unique to you, your voice, your personality, your writing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And the last piece of this is just some time management tips um, in terms of social media. So, for example, um, I personally use a scheduler for social media. Um, there's mm-hmm. plenty out there um, like Hootsuite and Buffer, and um, there's, there's just a whole wide variety of them. And what these are is you 
you can go in and schedule in advance a week or a month or three months of content to go out automatically on your social media profiles so you don't have okay. to sit down and, and do it every day. Now, this works best when you already have, you know, a month in advance kind of situated, right? And then what I do with this is I will schedule, you know, whatever it is I want to share, whether it's content mm-hmm. I've created or whether it's something I'm sharing about someone else. Mm-hmm. I'll schedule it out. And then I block usually about three times a day where I go in and I just respond to people, right? Because it's already scheduled. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. I just go and spend 15 minutes in the morning responding to people's questions or answering or encouraging or praying for them or whatever. And that allows me to kind of keep myself off social media all day long, which is a big feat considering how many authors I work for (laughs) at any given time. You know, so it's really just a matter of your personality and if that's something that works well for you. I'm not going to tell you you have to do it because some authors just don't like it, right? But it really, it just depends on your schedule and your personality. And for me, it makes sense to schedule things in advance and then actively engage relationally with people a couple of times during the day. And then when I'm not actively engaging with them, I have all of my social media shut down so I can work, <laughs> so I can focus. Right. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, we would be constantly inundated with notifications, right? And right. I even close my emails, uh, my email box when I'm working on something specific so I don't get yeah. distracted, you know, by emails popping up and stuff like that. So. All to say, I know that was a lot of information, so I'm I'm sorry to kind of dump all that on you all at once. But I do mm-hmm. think, I do think, you know, if you can kind of wrap your mind around, you know, these these categories and how you can curate and create content in it, and how you can kind of schedule it in advance. Number one, I think, um, I think when we have attacks coming, it is easy easier sometimes. Um, to kind of just drop everything to try to deal with it, right? Like mm-hmm. like we have to invest so much time and energy and prayer and just um, attention and mental energy into trying to deal with whatever's causing us pain, right, or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, discouragement. And that's fine because sometimes we do need to sit in the pain a little bit to evaluate, you know, is this God? pushing me to grow or is it Satan distracting me? Well, if it's Satan distracting you, you need to be able to have steps to take to combat that, right? Right. And so I know that you said that you had trouble focusing where you are and stuff like that, but I'm wondering, you know, just tangibly, can you get out of the house and go sit in a library and work or a church or church library? (laughs) Even better, (laughs) you know, can you remove yourself from the situation you know, spend some time in prayer before you start to try to, to try to like get out of your head whatever oppression is following you, right, because of right. the situation at home. And then just spend dedicated one to two hours working on one topic, right? And you'll be amazed at how much you'll get done. I'm not telling you to sit and work for hours and hours and hours a day. Just try to do it for yeah. one or two hours a day. And I know for me um, – that really helps me sometimes like get out of my head, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. and kind of the emotion and the turmoil and just focus on the, on the next thing that God's telling me to do and getting it done. And then I always feel a sense of, 
not not necessarily pride. Oh, look at what I did, but more of gratefulness. Does that does yeah. that make sense? Like that God, yeah. like if I just focus on what God is telling me to do and wants me to do. Um, yes, I need to deal with pain. Yes, I need to deal with He wants me to grow or change in any area. But all the attacks by Satan, I just need to like skip over and do what God wants me to do, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's um. There's a peace that comes with it, but there's also like a, uh, almost like a fire being lit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think Satan's always trying to dampen that with all the other right. stuff that's going on. And so my last bit of encouragement to you is just, I, I, I'm not, um, what's the word, diminishing what you're going through at all. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to kind of step out of it and keep moving forward anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what I would hate to see happen is that, you know, you're, you're stuck. Like maybe physically you might be stuck in the place of oppression because you don't have anywhere else to live right now, okay? We can't necessarily mm-hmm. change that. But you don't have to be stuck there mentally, right? Yeah. You don't have to be stuck there spiritually. Right. And I don't think I'm not, I wouldn't say that I am stuck. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when these things are happening, it it just, it may bother me, but I'm not stuck because in the sense that I'm still able to be productive with my not-for-profit, I'm still able to sit down and plan and write letters and do the things that I need to get done. So I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for that. Um, It's just, you know, being here in the midst of stuff that's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, you know, I, I do take myself out and I do get stuff down outside of here. Um, mm-hmm. But then I come back here, you know, so it's, yeah, it's hard. you know, I, I do thank God that I am able to get stuff done. Um, and I am, you know, there's still some source of motivation. I, you know, I haven't fallen into a depression where mm-hmm. that I, I can't, Get, I can't be productive, and I'm grateful to God that I don't get deep into that depression. I may have a day or two where I realize, okay, I really feel emotionally numb, and I need to take a step away from social media, from writing, from mm-hmm. anything, and just take a mental break. Mm-hmm. But then as I spend my time in prayer and I call on my prayer winners, my prayer partners, I'm able within two days to get myself back and motivated and moving forward. So I'm grateful that I'm not like, mm-hmm. I'm not stuck mentally mm-hmm. where I can't move forward. I think for me, again, it, it's just like sometimes looking at the overall vision that God is calling me to do, because we do that as entrepreneurs. We look at the big picture and we look at the entire vision, like, oh my gosh, I have so far to go. But then looking at, how far I've come mm-hmm. um, helps as well. Um, and just looking at the stuff that I am getting done right now, I may not be where I would like to be, but I'm certainly making the appropriate steps to head to where I need to be. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wouldn't say so much um, that I get stuck. Okay, I think good. I do have moments where I'm just like, oh, God, this is too much. My family's too much or this is too much. But um, I am grateful that despite that, he is able to help me to move forward because I have to. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I can't wallow in it. No, I totally it's not productive. That. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, yeah. I will. I'll definitely. Um, I need to just put one link in the notes before I send this to you. Um, but. I just want you to know that no matter what you decide to do moving forward, I'll definitely be praying over just you and the ministry and the very real obstacles that you're facing. Um, I, I feel like maybe you're kind of in the middle of trying to figure out what to do next versus what you need yeah. to do later, later. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So again, for me, you know, I wouldn't ever want to put you in a position where there was a financial struggle. Obviously, having somewhere yeah. to live is more important than having, a, you know, a business mentor. But yeah. I did want to offer to you, if, if you feel like just the long-term investment right now is not something that you can, can cover at this particular moment in time, right? Yeah. I, I do have a... 90-day prayer mentoring program that I think you okay. might be interested in. And it's this is actually something I do mm-hmm. um, just, I wouldn't say separate from my business coaching because I just sat here and <laughs> talked to you about God half the time, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it, was inter- it was interesting. Like the end of last year, I was I was trying to figure out a way to, to work with more people, not from a financial perspective, but yeah. to really, but to really talk about the things that I think are foundational for any ministry, and a lot right. of that, yeah, a lot of that boils down to to what we've talked about: identifying the the physical, spiritual, mental obstacles, and praying through them, right? And so mm-hmm. I have I have a mentoring program. That's 90 days. It starts, the next one starts in April. And so I'll send you the link to it. There's no obligation. It's a very low cost. It's like $75 a month. It's not like really expensive. Okay. Um, but what I love about it, and, and to be honest, that's my way of like trying to help people. You know what I mean? Because not everybody can yeah. afford, you know, to work with me for thousands of dollars a year. And I recognize that. Yeah. But I, but I also feel like if I can help people kind of overcome the obstacles through the prayer and kind of the assignments we go through, then right. maybe it maybe it clears a little bit of the the kind of the clutter that's around them, so they know right. what to do next. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Ha- having said that, I'll send you the link and you can review it and tell me yes or no. Or if you okay. you know if God make, if God makes it clear that you know we're supposed to continue together, we can talk about that too. I just want you to know that regardless of what happens, I will still be in prayer for you because I, I thank you. I empathize with the battle and I go through a lot of this myself. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy doing what we do. It's not because we're trying to, like I said, we're trying to give people hope and healing from darkness. And so I experience my own share of spiritual warfare and attacks, and I have to do everything I teach my clients to do myself sometimes, right? Yeah. Because Satan doesn't want us to succeed at all. No. <laughs> so he does everything he can to prevent that. Um, it's just my job to recognize that and then not allow him to. And I know that sounds like, oh, it's so easy because it's not easy. But yeah, I don't. I'm one of those people that um, I really love that whole like taking thoughts captive, right? That's right. Yeah. That just made sense to me, maybe because I'm kind of an analytical planner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when I was first learning the Bible, you know, I, I really couldn't read it straight through without hurt. 
really. Right. But I kind of categorized a lot of the struggles I was having into topics so that I could find scripture on it. And so Mm -hmm. anytime I found myself struggling, and this is before I was not saved, I wasn't even saved at this point, seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would struggle or I would fall into fear or I'd fall into anger or whatever. And I'd find myself in that place. And the first step was recognizing I was there, right? And not blaming Mm -hmm. everybody else. (laughs) The, The second step, was then turning around and using scripture to actively combat that in prayer. Right. right? So yeah. I would just read the verses over and over and over and over. Like I, yeah. I even, I even remember like pulling off on the side of the road in my car to do it, you know, just to, mm-hmm. because a song would come on or something would happen. It would remind me of, you know, all the stuff that had happened. And, you know, it was the easiest way I knew to kind of actively turn my mind from all the things that I was believing about myself and God that were lies and turning them to, you know, what he says he is and who he says he is and the promises he Mm -hmm. has for us. Right. And so I believe that he has all that for you in your ministry. It's just going to take, you know, a little bit of time and navigation to figure out the clear path, you know? Yeah. So I believe in you. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Thanks, Lindsay. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's, it's tough. It is. It's tough, it is. but God is tougher, and the Spirit of God in us is tougher. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. It's, it's been such a joy speaking with you. I'm, I'm going to send over the notes in a few minutes, um, and then if, okay. you have any question, if you have any questions, just let me know, okay? Okay, will you add the link to the notes? To yes, register for the monthly. Okay, perfect. I will. I will. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect. You're welcome. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thank you. <laughs> you do the same. Okay, take care. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.